This is the Tao of Christ, and I'm Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which church historian Evelyn Underhill called the Unit of Life, and which Richard Rohr calls the Universal Christ, and which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. This is the Tao of Christ. Good afternoon, this is Marshall Davis. I speak about Christian non-duality, and some people ask me why I use that term and not just non-duality. After all, the addition of that adjective Christian seems to make it dualistic, distinguishing it from perhaps other types of non-duality, which of course is not possible. What I mean by this term is that this is non-duality taught by Christ, and I express it in traditionally Christian terms. There's also a uniquely Christian flavor to the type of non-duality that I talk about. Just like Himalayan salt has a distinctive pink tint to it, so does Christian non-duality have a distinctive tint. It is the tint of love, a divine love which in the Greek Testament is called agape. Love is present in other religions as well. The Buddhist virtue of compassion comes to mind, so really this is much more of a matter of emphasis. As I have studied the religions of the world, it seems to me that Christ, though, emphasized love more than other religious teachers did. In the story that I'm going to explore today from the 13th chapter of the Gospel of John, we have a picture of this love. We have a picture of Christ on his knees with a towel wrapped around his waist, washing his disciples' feet. This towel ceremony is what I am calling the sacrament of Christian non-duality. In Protestant churches, The term sacrament is reserved for the Lord's Supper and baptism. But in the Gospel of John, both of these rites are downplayed. There is no institution of the Lord's Supper in John's Gospel, and baptism is mentioned only in passing. Those rites are not given the prominence they have in the other three Gospels, and that's intentional. The spiritual community that developed around the Apostle John was non-sacramental and non-dual. A Last Supper is mentioned in the Gospel of John, but it's not a Passover meal, nor is it the Lord's Supper. In place of the institution of a sacrament of bread and wine, we have another ritual, foot washing. The story says that during the supper, Jesus, and I quote here, got up from supper and laid his outer garments aside, and he took a towel and tied it around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began washing the disciples' feet and wiping them with the towel which he had tied around himself. The fact that this is done during the meal indicates its prominent position in the story that is taking the place of the Eucharist in John's depiction of the Last Supper, normally foot washing would be done as soon as one entered the door of the house. 
if it was a, a wealthy home, foot washing would be done by a servant. In this case, though, each guest would have washed their own feet. And we can assume that happened here on this occasion, even though it's not mentioned at all. Foot washing was done because people reclined at the table rather than sit at a table the way we do. And they had their feet off to one side. It's not too appetizing eating a meal while smelling the dirty feet of your neighbor. So people took off their sandals and washed the dust and the dirt and perhaps the mud off of their feet before they entered the room to eat. It's kind of like the mud rooms that we have here in New Hampshire that we use all during mud season and during the winter months where we take off our boots as soon as we enter into the front door. This foot washing that Jesus did in this story is probably a second washing, meant to be symbolic. Jesus was playing the symbolic role of a servant. Sometimes, though, a rabbi would have his feet washed by his disciples as a sign of respect and subservience, but never the other way around. That's the reason why Peter is so flustered by Jesus' action in the story. And he refuses to allow Jesus to wash his feet. It doesn't fit with the traditional idea of the teacher-disciple relationship. But there was nothing traditional about Jesus' servant leadership. After Jesus had gone around the table and washed all of the disciples' feet and put his robe back on, it says that he reclined at the table again and he said to them, do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you, you are correct, for so I am. So if I, the Lord and teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I gave you an example, so that you also would do just as I did for you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. This is a sacrament of humility and service. It communicates the egalitarianism of the early Christian community and not the hierarchy which would develop very quickly and dominate Christianity in a couple of centuries. It is a much more fitting sacrament for non-duality in which all are seen as one. It is kind of similar to the Eastern gesture of folding one's hands and bowing to people when you greet them. This has become my default COVID handshake alternative to shaking hands during this pandemic. In the East, that action is understood as God in me recognizing and bowing to God in you. The Christ in me greets the Christ in thee, as the old Christian greeting says. There's a beautiful Christian hymn about that. Oh, what a mystery. Christ in you, Christ in me. To make it clear exactly what Jesus is communicating, after the supper, Jesus says to them, I am giving you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you, that you also love one another. 
By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. According to Jesus, love was to be the distinguishing characteristic of his followers. He calls it here a new commandment, which may at first seem odd. Didn't Jesus teach about and command love before? And of course he did. He taught that the greatest commandment was to love God with all of our heart and mind and soul and strength, and that the, the second greatest commandment was like it, that we were to love our neighbors as ourselves. So how is this commandment new? It is new because we are to love each other as Christ loves us. This is about the example of love in Christ being followed by us. And this is not just some type of outward imitation. This is about the embodiment and the expression of love in Christ that is being incarnated in and through us. This is the incarnation of love, which is what Christmas is all about, the incarnation. As the hymn says, love came down at Christmas. It's also what the cross is all about. The cross is the embodiment of self-giving love, as Jesus is going to say in a couple of chapters. Greater love has no, no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. This sacrament of the towel foreshadows this giving of his life. Jesus calls it glory. He says, now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. This glory is oneness. We are one with each other, and we are one with Christ, and we are one with God. Now we can talk about this oneness using all sorts of sophisticated theological and philosophical language, but as soon as we do that, it seems to take us away from the direct reality of it. We are one. This is glory. In loving one another, we are loving ourselves, which is the truth behind the command to love our neighbors as ourselves, because our neighbors are ourselves. That is the meaning of loving God, also with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Because when we do that, we are also loving ourselves. For we are one with God. This oneness is symbolized by the sacrament of the towel. I think most people, when they read or they hear this passage, do not get the full impact of it. What's happening here is that in the middle of the meal, Jesus stood up and he took off his robe, which meant his clothing. So he is standing there in the first century equivalent of his underwear. He is, in fact, wearing exactly what he's going to be wearing a short time later when he's hanging on the cross. And while in his underwear, he ties a long towel around his waist, and one by one, he washes the feet of his disciples. Imagine how long that would have taken to go around the table and do 12 sets of feet. Imagine the silence in that room among all the disciples, including Judas, 
who is present and is about to betray him. This is a holy moment. This is the embodiment of divine love. Not only love of our neighbor, but even love of our enemy, which is why Judas Iscariot is here. And why in John's Gospel he plays such a large role in this scene. Jesus was showing us what it means to love our enemies. Christ in me serves Christ in you in selfless love. Because we are the same self. And there's no little self or self selfishness in this love. This is a powerful ritual that acknowledges that we serve God by loving our fellow humans with all of our hearts and minds and soul and strength. That is because they are in essence God. It's how we serve God. This is Christian non-duality. And that is it for today. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ. Thank you.